And we are live. Good morning and welcome back to our live at the Amplify Your Business group. Um, with myself, Odette the Beard, I have a company called Amplify Business Coaching and Consulting, and we help service-based businesses attract and inspire and engage their ideal customers, unlock referral potential, and unleash their passion for their business. Today, we are going to chat to the beautiful Leah Bayless, who has a company called Champagne Recruitment, and I actually might want to ask you to share with us how we got to that name because it's um, it's definitely a talking point when I introduce myself as um, having champagne recruitment but um, it, I guess it came about when I was trying to come up with the name and really it was trying to offer something that was a little bit um, I guess unique and when I guess anybody you know gets a job whether it's you know, an employee signed up to a company. It's a celebration of success. So, um, you know, we often celebrate with a glass of champagne. So I thought success, perfect. Why not? Let's call it champagne recruitment. So I love it. It's gorgeous. And if you haven't seen her logo, jump onto her LinkedIn pages and, and Facebook pages. She's got this cute little champagne glass with it. It's yeah. just beautiful. It's So what you see in person, it's just copied onto her brand and it's fantastic. So today we're going to talk about typical mistakes that small business owners make when it comes to hiring a team. And the reason we've decided to have this conversation is because scaling is something I hear a lot of business owners saying they want to do. When I speak to them, the first thing they raise is I want to scale my business and I don't know how. Scaling requires people. And for that reason, we have the beautiful Leah who's going to share with us some of the common mistakes that she's seen business owners make and how to avoid them. So, so yeah. yeah, thank you. So thanks, Adette. Um, for me, being in recruitment for such um, a long period of time, it's been almost 15 years, I've worked with a variety of clients and, and working with them business-wise in order to, to find somebody or, or a group of people to add to their team. The number one thing that I often find in my initial conversations with, with my clients is that they don't have a job description or the job description is out of date. It might be someone who's been in the role for five, 10 years, they leave, they just rehash the same job description. So it's really important um, to sit down and go through that and really identify, I guess, the type of well, the roles, responsibilities as well, but also really reassessing the culture of the of the company and where you're sitting at that point in time and how you want to move forward also within the company and what that person is going to bring to your team in, in moving forward. Why is why is it important to review the job descriptions? And you mentioned culture. That's a that's an interesting <laughs> one. Let's let's go there. I guess um, with and it's becoming more so. And I and I did a bit of a post the other day that the way employers are having to hire now is totally different to pre pandemic. Candidates, it's a candidate, you know, it's candidate market at the moment and people are getting, there's jobs out there. So it's really the employers at the moment are going to have to reassess about what their company culture is. A lot of the candidates I'm speaking with at the moment, they want flexibility. They've got this great opportunity now where they can work from home. You know, that roles and roles are changing and it's also opening up. Um, to, to candidates who may have not had that opportunity to, to work full-time or part-time 
in an office. So I'm talking about maybe mums who have small kids. It's easier for them to work from home to have that flexibility. Same also with people with one with some form of disability. It also enables them if they're working from home to contribute um, to a company but have that security in at home. Um, they're using the term at the moment um, blind recruitment. So working from home, it's actually allowing a greater candidate pool to, to work within the workforce than what they may have previously from working within an office, if, if that makes sense, um, which is an interesting perspective in, in moving forward. But in saying that, going back to, back to culture, I think employees are throwing money out at the moment. I've had numerous, of numerous um, candidates who have landed a job and then they go put their resignation in and straight away the employer's like, here's another $20,000 for you to stay. But that's not necessarily the reason why people are wanting to move on. It really is where am I going to get career growth? Um, the fit of the company, what's that company going to bring or give to me? Um, and also that flexibility is really important um, as well. Wow. That's that's so in saying you need a job description, you kind of need a little bit of a conversation <laughs> maybe with you to figure yeah. out what that thing looks like because that sounds... Yeah. Nothing. Exactly right. And it's not that simple, okay, you get your half an hour lunch break anymore and, and that's your, your you know, perk. Um, it really is, I think these days people really need to look at their company and consider the values. Um, and Adele, we've had this conversation as well that when I go meet with a client, part of my initial client interview is I ask for their values. So they need to present me with their company values. So when I do meet with candidates, a part of their interview process is what come, what are your values? What values are you seeking in your company? Because alignment in that aspect is incredibly important for longevity. You're not going to get a high turnover of staff if the company culture is, is aligned. You, you're going to feel like you are that, that fit rather than going, oh, I'm not too sure this, this place isn't the right place for me. Wow. So, so that is imperative. So, so they definitely need to know what, what values they hold dear as an organisation, but also what values they want from the people who work for them. And you mentioned that they need to have their job description and their culture. What else have you seen gone wrong for businesses? People hiring on the first interview. Yeah. <laughs> so they interview one candidate and they think, yep, that's it, that's fantastic. Look, if that magical you know, it happens straight away, that's great, but still interview at least another two candidates. Really make sure that this person is going to be the right person. I know it's easy. You can't be bothered. Everybody's time poor. It's this person, yep, they look good on paper. They've presented well, yep, let's just do it. But I think it's really important for people to have a discussion with, with various candidates just to make sure that they are choosing that right person as well. So, yeah, that's a definite one. I know it takes time because interviews can go up to an hour and, you know, <laughs> we're all time for, but I do think it's important to have that. So that what, are some of the, what are some of the reasons why that would be a bad strategy, why selecting the first one is a bad idea? Well, I, I don't think it's a bad idea. It's not the worst idea ever. I just, think, strategy. It, 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 I just think it's important to make sure. I think we all need clarity in identifying that we have chosen the right person. But some, sometimes, you know, a four-week contract is different to a 
permanent position. You know, the, the, someone who comes in for a contract role and you think, oh, they're just going to be with me for a few weeks. Sure, if that first person comes in, that's okay because you're not going to invest time, you know, and education, professional development. It's, it's important to make sure that you are choosing the right person. Okay, so there could be some financial implications if you get yes. this wrong. Yeah, 100%, absolutely. You don't want to, in a month's time, be recruiting all over again. <laughs> absolutely. And, and what, are some of the, what are some of the things that you're hearing candidates are saying when it comes to that, I took the job and now I'm leaving, other than culture? What are some of the reasons why they leave? Um, sometimes because the job description isn't what they were given. You know, they, they'll go into signing off on this is what I'm meant to be doing and then they come in and then the role is completely different. I've had candidates who are meant to go in as an administration role. They end up doing sales. They hate sales. And so they're thinking, no, this isn't, this isn't for me. I want to be in there to help not sell someone or <laughs> something. So it really is that personality, um, you know, what somebody's, strengths are I guess um, and where they feel that aligns and sometimes the when they step into that role it's, it's not what they envisaged and they step back which is then going back to making sure that job description is is spot on because people are that's what they're signing off on that's what they feel as though you know their role is going to be. So the job description definitely sounds like it's it's central to um, the recruitment process. Yeah, absolutely. And it needs to be engaging as well. Um, there are so many jobs out there at the moment, as I was saying. So it's really important. Candidates have a pick at, at what, where they want to go, which companies they want to go for. So in order for them to apply for that role, it's really important to have that engaging job description as well. Um, it's, it's really helpful. I mean, there's templates out there, but spend some time in writing it, make it engaging, use those exciting words that's going to attract someone's attention. And is that something that you can help organisations with? Absolutely. So when the clients engage with me, I write the job description. So it's often a nice stress relief on them. So I will sit down and go through what are the roles and responsibilities? How would you describe your company? And that's obviously where the values come into it as well. When I do the advertising, it's all I write it all up and um, get that organised. So it's really taking that stress away from the employer um, when it comes to, to that side of the recruitment process. So I know some organisations do um, personality tests or yeah. they'll do EQ tests. There's, yeah. there's a myriad of tests out there. Is that something that you recommend they do? Um, look, it depends on the role. Some, some companies will do that. Others, they're not too fussed about it um you know i think it just depends on your industry and and the role um it's not something i would say most definitely go ahead and do it but if you're you know if it is maybe for a mental health or counseling psychology it might be worthwhile doing that to make you know to, to be on par but i don't think it's an essential tool okay. to, to do. i do recommend those you know in some particular industries doing those police checks and those clearances are important um depending on the role as well Okay. And um, when you speak to small businesses, is that something that they pay attention to? Is it is it something that you often have to go, oh, you forgot about this? Little <laughs> well, it's really interesting with, the, say, the police check, if, if I go down that path. Um, there's been a few clients over the, well, since the beginning of this year, so the last month. Um, I'll say, oh, do you do police, police checks? And they go, no, that's something that, you know, we should be doing, but we haven't. And a lot of those is in the financial services industry. So, 
I would say that that's probably an important industry where those type of checks should be be done. It's, I guess it's the same if you're working with disability children, you've got to have those clearances. It's it's worthwhile just to make sure um, yeah, that somebody's got a clear background. <laughs> um, but that's obviously a personal choice, but it's something I would probably recommend. And if you could describe the ideal recruitment process, what do you what do you suggest it should look like for a small business? Um, so if they're doing it independently, um, yes. okay, obviously job description, make sure you've got an idea. And, and this can be really tricky. So, um, you know, just take what you want from this. But to have your ideal uh, ideal candidate in place. I, when I meet with my candidate, my client, sorry, I'll say, you know, who's your magical unicorn <laughs> that you're you're looking for? And they'll outline everything. So that's great. You've got a clear idea in your head who, who you're looking for. But don't discount other candidates. It's really important that, yep, they might not put on, on paper, they might come in and look, look great, but don't discount other candidates that come through because their skill set, even though maybe a bit less than another candidate, your unicorn candidate, um, there's that ability to grow within the business as well and you can educate them. And sometimes having a candidate who isn't doesn't fit the, the um, exact bill, you can train them and mentor them so that way they become a part of your business as well. So, you know, that's always a nice, nice way of doing it um, too. So I think that's really important. You raise a good point, um, skill versus attitude. Yes. What are your thoughts? <laughs> oh, oh, Jet, this is a big one for me. Attitude for me wins over every single time. It drives me absolutely insane when I have my oh, – and, and this can go both ways, so um, just give me a moment on this one. But it's really important to um, you know, look at people who might not have – that specific skill set they're eager I'm a huge advocate for you know new grads who've come out of uni they are driven they want to make a difference within the company sure they don't have five years of whatever experience behind them but they're willing to learn they will put in the hours they will be staying back and really really making that um, that effort and um, I'm not sure if you know but I actually come from um an education background. So I was teaching your 11s and 12s who were apprentices and trainees. And um, so I was getting them work into, you know, building or a lot of trades, I guess, the hairdressers, building industry as well. So I'm a huge advocate for giving new um, grads and, and newbies a really good start. The other thing that I've come across as well, and I've had a few candidates miss out on roles because the employer thinks that they're overqualified. So they won't take them on because they're too they're overqualified for the role. Um, I think my understanding from that when I talk to employers, they're worried that the person's going to get bored. So they think, you know, what they're going to get bored with in that role, they're only going to stay, you know, a short period of time before they want to, to move over um, or move on to it onto another role. But I really think as well, don't overlook overqualified staff because there could be potential, say, in six months for you to put them in a more senior role so they can really get a good understanding of the business before you move forward or progress their career too. Yeah, so that also, it sort of brings us to the, do you grow your own timber or do you um, externally recruit? What are your thoughts? Oh, look, it, the... the, the Message is if you if you look up a lot of recruitment, if they say look, if you can um, promote internally, 
do it because that person's been there. You know, you're rewarding staff that have been there for a long period of time. Not everybody wants to be in a promotion or receive a promotion. Um, so it's really having those open conversations with your staff. And that's where I think those reviews are really important. So don't forget to do those with your staff. Ask them, what are your, you know, where do you see yourself within the company? And some people are more than happy to stay within the particular role that they're, they're happy that they're, that they're in. Others might say, you know what, in six months' time, in a year's time, this is my goal. If the opportunity's there, I would love to step into that role and what professional development can can I do or what mentoring can you give me in order to do that? So I do think, you know, look internally first. It's important. Reward your, reward your staff. Um, you know, if they want, if they're a great worker, they're dedicated and um, they're invested in the company, why not? Um, and then if, if you've got those gaps there, then definitely start recruiting elsewhere and see, see what you can find. Awesome. It was lovely talking to you, Leah. You've definitely dropped some really cool nuggets in there. I think probably for me, the biggest takeaway from today is job descriptions. Do yes. them right. <laughs> Spend yeah. some time. Take the time to understand what it is you want, what do you need, and how does that, that work? Because obviously recruiting someone now and then they leave, there's an additional cost when you have to recruit again <laughs> shortly <laughs> afterwards. It's probably not worth it. I mean, I could be wrong. But no, I probably <laughs> everybody's too busy to keep recruiting every every couple of months so um, technically yeah. if you do it right you're saving yourself time a hundred percent absolutely <laughs> do it right the first time so Leah, right. why don't you tell our viewers where they can find you if they wanted to reach out and have a conversation you know what are the, the options that are available to them Absolutely. So you can find uh, me across the socials on LinkedIn. So my company is called Champagne Recruitment. Um, I have a website. You can contact me through my website as well. Otherwise, jump on LinkedIn. It's got all my contact details there, phone number, email. More than happy for you to reach out. Love to catch up with a coffee. If coffee doesn't work, we can just chat over Zoom um, just to get to know about your company and if I can help you in, in adding some sparkling candidates to, to um, your business. I love that sparkling candidate. <laughs> it was lovely chatting to you, Leah. Thank you so much for sharing your insights um, with us. And thank you for joining us. If you've joined us live, I am unable to see the comments today. But if you're watching the replay, remember to hashtag replay. If you have any questions for Leah, please pop them in the comments. She'd be happy to respond to them. Otherwise, we'll see you guys next week. Have a fantastic week. Thanks, Adette. Bye.